Um, it's a really good day to be here to worship God, and I'm glad you're here. I'd like to ask you, if you would, to fill out the connection card and place it in the offering later on in the service when it comes by. If you're a guest, fill out as much of that card as you're comfortable with filling out. And if you're a regular attender, you could just put your name and email on there, and that'd be great. We're in a message series that we've called What I Live For right now currently, and we're having different leaders in the church, uh, members of the advisory team, and uh, one of the staff guys, our newest staff member, Mark McAlpine, he's going to be sharing next week. But we're having the men share how God has shaped them, the people, and the, the experiences that they've used, to that God's used to shape them, their perspective on life, their mission, their unique contribution to the overall kingdom. When you commit your life to Christ... What happens is he comes in, he lives in you, and he gives you a purpose to live for. He gives you a mission. He gives us all the same, the same mission, which is basically making disciples. And he has wired us together, gifted us, given us talents and abilities and different backgrounds. And he wants to use all of those things <clears throat> to uh, make a difference in the world, to help people become disciples and grow as disciples. And so we're listening to different leaders of the church who are sharing with us their backgrounds and then how God has shaped them and what they want to count, what they want their lives to count for. Today, we're going to be hearing from Neil Walker. He is the director and founder of Christian Challenge, which is a student ministry at the University of Southern California. We've been blessed by he and Melinda and the ministry that they've started by several students who attend and then alum, alumni who hang around and really help us with the, the mission and the call that God's given us here at Church in the Valley. Uh, when he founded the ministry, they, he started the ministry about the same time we started the church, actually exactly the same time. It was just how God put it together. And so he and I have been partners ever since. We've ministered alongside of one another. And I have really appreciated his example, his the way he set the pace in following God at some very key times. It's pulled me along, and uh, just the encouragement that he's given. It's been a real privilege to to walk with him, and he he has he is on the advisory team at Church in the Valley right now, which is the board that oversees what goes on. They try to keep me in line as well as much as they can, and then. Uh, He's also served on staff for several years at Church in the Valley. I really appreciate you sharing this morning, bro. Look forward to hearing it.
I'm Neil Walker, and this is what I live for. Pretty neat little thing they could do there with the signature. I'm hoping they can't do that on checks. Uh, so <clears throat> I'd like that destroyed after this is over. Um, if you haven't noticed, I'm Neil Walker, and I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit this morning just about um, kind of uh, what I live for. That's the name of the talk, but kind of where I've come from and, and kind of what contributed to that. And then hopefully uh, what um, we're about what we're, I, I kind of shy away from just like what I'm living for, because I really believe that life's made up a lot of teams, and, and you do things together. And so uh, what I'm going to share is going to be uh, uh, kind of what we're about, you know, kind of some things that we're doing. But uh, it is the thing that beats in my heart, so uh, I'll be sharing that from a personal point of view, so hopefully you'll be able to know some of that. Um, <clears throat> I was born into a family uh, with um Seven children. Um, there one, one had died, so uh, we had six. Three were older, and uh, most of them were pretty much out of the house by the time uh, I, I came around. And then um, I was uh, the uh, boy in the middle of two uh, girls, and so I was the youngest boy. I got to hang around the house, was uh, spoiled and abused at the same time. And uh, so it was one of those sort of things, you know, I mean... Uh, didn't have a lot of uh, didn't have a lot of uh, say so when it came to votes sometimes so that's that's kind of how it was, but um, my family that I grew up in was was for the most part pretty much non Christian. Uh, my uh, I, I say that in that uh, there there wasn't anything Christian uh, distinctively about our family. My father was not a believer. Uh, my mother was, but the way we lived life, uh, if you were to look at us, you you would say it was distinctly non Christian. Uh, we uh, didn't uh, didn't uh, <laughs> uh, do any of the uh, external things that that would appear that way. Although I did learn quite a bit from them. From my father, I, I learned really a, a work ethic. He uh, was a very hard worker and instilled that in us and said, "You know, you will learn to work," and we did. And uh, he was also a guy that was funny. I mean, he he was pretty humorous and. Uh, uh, not as much so, but, you know, he, he was pretty humorous. And, and so uh, I learned that from him. From my mom, my mom was a, a gal. She loved to plant things, and so she was always making gardens and this. And I mean, she could just, you know, grow anything. You know, she'd find a stick and say, oh, I think I'll make that into a tree. And she'd plant it, you know, a little while later. This thing was this. So over the years, I've, I've killed many plants trying that and uh, never, have, uh, never have quite gotten that part, but I, I've really... I uh, learned from her the patience in watching um, things. <coughs> Excuse me, my throat is a little dry. In uh, watching things grow, primarily like uh, people, and so. So anyway, um, growing up though, for the most part, I was. Don't want to set that on his piano. I know he'll not appreciate that. <laughs> um, for the most part, you know, uh, I was involved in two things. One was uh, athletics, and the other was academics. Um, I worked more in uh, the realm of academics because I wasn't that great of an athlete. And so I uh, did that and had a lot of fun, though, growing up. Um, I always appreciated the fact that when teachers would uh, think, you know, well, he's just a dumb jock, and they look and they go, oh, no, he's a smart jock. <laughs> so I thought, well, there you go. And just kind of lived with, within that realm of um, that, that was what my world revolved around. Um, not much else, really, at that point. When I was about... Um, 
15, I started attending church some. Now, I'd never gone to church. We went one time. And I remember that uh, we left because my dad was uh, upset that you couldn't smoke in church. And I thought, yeah, imagine that. I mean, what's up with that? You know, I mean, I mean, you know, where I grew up, I thought, makes sense to me, Dad. What's up? Let's get out of here. So uh, <laughs> back to Bonanza. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, didn't go. But I noticed some difference in some of my teammates, and uh, they told me, they said, well, they were Christians, and they went to church. And I thought, well, that's a little sketch, but I thought, okay. So I started going with them some, and um, honestly, had no clue, really, what it meant uh, to be a Christian. I thought, well, I guess, you know, going to church, that's kind of what does it for you, you know. And so I, I went along, and, and life kind of rolled along there for a couple of years, and, um, and when I turned 16... Um, my father died, uh, I guess um, it was in May, and so that was, uh, it was kind of a sudden thing. He had a heart attack and, and passed away, and I remember that uh, at that point, um, having to grow up kind of quick, you know, having to realize, okay, we put some things aside, need to step up here, because, you know, there were nothing but women around the house, and good night, you know, you've got to be a guy, you know, so I had to do that. But I remember during that time that uh, they had, when they had the funeral for my father, the church that I was attending, since I was the only one in a church, uh, they decided, we'll let these guys do the funeral. So I thought, okay, cool. And so they did. And I remember this guy speaking and saying something about, uh, well, he's, he's better off now than he was before. And I thought, huh. Now, you know what? Um, I haven't been around that long. But uh, as much as I've been around church, I, I think that's not true. And then I thought, you know, I, I, I think we need to, we need to live... Uh, we need to live life in a in realm of reality here. And so I really began to kind of search on some things to try to figure out, well, what, what exactly is going on with all this? And I was trying to put all that together because one of the things I was really committed to, and I didn't know it was just kind of part of my personality, is truth, really going after truth and really finding um, how do you live that out in a practical way? How do you live that out in reality? So I began to look at that. It was, it was in the next year when I was 17 that... I heard a guy speaking, and for the very first time, I, I think I really understood what being a Christian was all about. He was speaking that night, and he said, Now, some of you out there think that just by you know, being good, you're going to get into the kingdom of heaven. I thought, Well, that's not true. And he goes, But that's not true. I thought, All right. You know, so I thought, We're tracking. Keep it up. You know, and so then he goes, But others of you, you know, he said, Now, you believe all the uh, facts about Jesus uh, being the son of God and dying for your sins. And he said, and so you, uh, since you believe this stuff and you feel like, well, if the good outweighs the bad, then you're going to get in. I thought, yeah. And he goes, but that's not right. Like, that's not right. And all of a sudden he goes, no. And he, and he brought up this verse right here, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, that no man should boast. And I remember that night for the very first time understanding that how you come into a personal relationship with God is purely by his grace. As you transfer your trust from anything you're doing to what he's already done and invite him to come in and become the boss of your life, that you can have a personal relationship. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. In fact, I, I, I remember sitting there and thinking, Everyone's probably going to charge the stage. You know, they're so excited about this. And I looked around and I was going, no, 
I thought, do you guys know this? Why aren't you telling someone? Good night. Why haven't you told me? I've been here for two years. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, I was amazed by this. And, in fact, I'm not sure I've ever fully recovered from that. But uh, um, I looked, and one of the things that I noticed was um, I'd seen a few of these guys whose lives were really different. And I thought, you know, I want my life to be like that. And so I began to look, and I began to try to figure out how do you do that. And I'd ask them questions, you know, how do you, how do you grow? How do you do that? And they go, ah, well, pray, read the Bible. I thought, pray and read the Bible. Well, I had no clue about how to do that. I thought, well, I pray before meals. That pretty much covers that, I guess. And, uh, you know, uh, read the Bible. You know, I, mean, I got confused every time I got in. So I think, well, maybe you can just pray. I don't know. You know, I need to eat more so I can pray more. And so, uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of, you know, the way I looked at life and uh, kind of, you know, just rolled along, you know, fat, dumb, and happy. And, and uh, then I got to college. And when I got to college, there were some things that really began uh, to shape my life and shape my future that, that I didn't realize at the time. But first thing was I went on a retreat. And I, on this retreat, um, I heard this guy speak, and he talked about how to have a quiet time. And I thought, what? And I never had understood. And he sat down, and we, we got some time together there at the retreat, and he just began to explain, how do you get into the Word of God every single day so that you can actually learn from it yourself? And I thought, this is revolutionary. This ought to be shared. I can't believe this. I mean, I, I began to get in there. I mean, one of the verses that stood out to me was 1 Corinthians 1, nine, and it says, um, um, 1 Corinthians 1, what does it say? It says, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I remember thinking, wow, we can have fellowship with God. We can spend time with him every single day. This is amazing. And I, I remember just, you know, getting my mind wrapped around that concept and beginning to get in to the word of God. And it began to uh, do some things in my life, began to change uh, my heart, began to change my perspective. Then, about that time, I met some guys, and these guys were, uh, they, they, were they were some good guys. They, they were great guys, and I, I don't want to discount these guys because they were, they were pivotal in my life. They were just very different than I was. Um, I had uh, grown up and was kind of, uh, had kind of a, um, you know, sharp uh, mind and a sharp mouth to go with it, and uh, would, you know, very much uh, use that uh, when, when need be. And I got around these guys and they were different. For one, they were self-controlled. I mean, they got around and they'd start to, uh, they'd start to uh, say something, and sometimes they would catch themselves and not say it. Or they'd say, well, that wouldn't be helpful. I thought, never has stopped me. And I'd just, you know, bolt right in, you know. And they would just, they were guys that allowed the Word of God to really shape their lives. And that was extremely attractive to me. I got around that and I thought, wow. The thing that was different, though, was they were very different than I was. Like I said, I, I kind of grew up as an athlete, and I kind of thought everything revolved around athletes. In fact, I really kind of thought everyone else existed for that purpose. You know, like the reason you had a band was so they could play for us. And, of course, you needed to invent something like cheerleading, so what? They could cheer for us. And, and you know, I mean, it was just kind of life revolved around that way. So dealing with people that were different than I was, that wasn't high on my list. And um, these guys were these guys were very different. Uh, most of them were um, not exceptionally athletic. Uh, they their their contact sport was kind of like chess, 
And so, you know, it was like, eh, you know, and then they, they were guys who um, probably the most radical difference is they, they were they were quiet. And uh, for those of you that know me, you know, that's never been something I've been accused of. And so, uh, you know, my motto, when there is silence, fill it. And so, uh, you know, I would watch these guys and, and I would get around them and I would think, you know, gosh, you know, I. I was attracted, but I wasn't attracted. And there came a very key point in my life. I remember uh, one day I was walking uh, on this football field outside of our um, uh, dormitory, and I was walking around there, and I remember thinking, I said, God, you know, if I have to be boring the rest of my life, just like those guys, and if I have to have no personality and uh, just be quiet, and I thought, be quiet? Oh, my gosh. But I thought, God, if I have to do that and just be quiet, in order to know you, then I'll do that. But I felt like, Jesus, if there's another way, you know, uh, you know, and I just, you know, I just didn't know quite, you know, what to do with all that. And then um, about that time, I met a guy who was the leader of these guys. It was a guy named Mike Thompson. And the thing with Mike is it was, he was very different. I thought when I met him, he was going to be just like all of them. And I thought, okay, no. They said, you want to meet Mike? Sure. So, uh, you know, I go over and I meet Mike, you know, and I'm explaining. But then I meet Mike, and, you know, Mike's big, and I was big. And I thought, oh, you know, and, you know, and uh, Mike was, uh, you know, talkative, and I was talkative. You know, I thought, this is great. And, you know, and, and, and Mike was athletic, and I was athletic, and I thought, this is great. And Mike was funny, and I was funnier, and I thought, that is great, you know. And, and it was just, a, it was a good time, you know, and I thought to myself, wow, I can, I can be like this. I could see myself actually, you know, becoming somebody like this. And, and I began, the thing that was different was Mike was godly and I wasn't. I had no clue about how to do that or what that meant. And so I began to get around him. And he began to show me, he began to help me to get into the word of God. And one of the things, there's a verse in Colossians 1. In Colossians 1.28, Paul says this, We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Now, in verse 29, he goes on, he talks about how we labor for that with all the power that, so, that he so mightily works within us. But that first verse right there in 28, he says that we may present every man complete in Christ. Now, if the goal is to present people complete, then that says something about us, doesn't it? That we're incomplete. And one of the things that that, that is is, it's like each one of us, there's kind of a puzzle to our lives, and everybody is putting in different pieces to help complete the puzzle of our lives. And that's part of what discipleship is all about. You know, uh, sometimes we have this view of discipleship like, you know, one person does the whole puzzle. And that happens occasionally, but very, very rarely, very rarely. In fact, what it is, you know, one person starts the outline, somebody else puts in some pieces, somebody else puts in some pieces, and before long, you began to have a completed picture, you know. And for Mike, he was the guy who really set the outline for my life. He was the guy who kind of put in a lot of the pieces early on. And he began to introduce me to a lot of people who put in other pieces, you know. I think some of the pieces he put in, one of them was uh, found over in 1 Timothy 1.5, where Paul is telling Timothy, he says, Timothy, the goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And... What Paul is telling Timothy, he says, Timothy, you know the thing we're looking for? The thing we're trying to build into you and into others? Timothy, it, it, it's love. 
It's a heart of love. It's that you would love God and you would love others in a right way, in a practical way. And I remember with Mike, I learned how to do that in a lot of ways. I mean, he was very encouraging. He would always find ways to encourage me. I mean, he had to look hard sometimes. You know, sometimes it would be like, oh, Neil, your socks match. Uh, there you go. Uh, you know, I mean, just different things because there, he had to work at it. I mean, there was uh, not much to compliment back then. And uh, not that there's that much more today, but, you know, there wasn't much back then at all. And so he really, he, he really set the pace in that. And as I began to get around him, I began to learn to love other people. One of the things I think that was a hallmark of his life that I learned was kind of this radical inclusiveness he would, he would, all these guys that I was very different than, he would just include them. And they were very different than him. And sometimes I'd talk to him and I'd say, Mike, do you think these guys are, like, different? And he'd go, yeah. And he'd just walk on, <laughs> okay. And so I just began to learn, well, you know what? You can hang out with people. You can include people in your life that are different than you. And for you know, that's been a real blessing because, honestly, I wouldn't like hanging out with myself 24-7, you know. And it was one of those things of just, you know, being around, being able to include people. One of the um, people that I met as a result of Mike was a guy named Max Barnett. And um, he was a guy who had really helped Mike a lot and, and, and built into him. And, and I remember I had in my mind uh, this picture of a, a guy who was going to kind of walk in and, you know, be some, you know, Big guy like Mike or I, you know, was going to be like, uh, you know, some, some, you know, John Wayne type or something is going to walk through the door. And instead, you know, this, this little guy walked in that, you know, if he turned sideways, you could hardly see him. And, you know, I mean, he, he's the kind of guy, he has one stripe on his pajamas, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he, he was a guy that, you know, I heard him speak. And I remember as I listened to him share, I thought to myself, wow. And what he was talking about that night, he talks about Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And he says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And he talked about how our lives can count for more than just going through the day. We can actually invest our lives in other people and they can make a difference for all eternity. And I remember as I listened to him and I began to pay attention to the things he was saying, I thought, boy, that's what I want to be about. That's what I want to be about. Through him, I, I, I met a, a lot of other people who, who really began to, to shape my uh, heart, began to shape my perspective. Um, they, they really, I, I would watch them and I, I would think, you know, that's what I want to do. That's what, that's what I want to be about. These were guys who, when I, when I watched their lives, they walked with God. He intentionally made a difference in their life. And then they turned around and they were, they were very uh, intentionally practical about uh, working in the lives of other people and helping them to walk with God. Um, there was one guy that I met, a guy named John Crawford. And... John was a, uh, a guy, he had worked, um, he had worked with a group called the Navigators, and he had, he had uh, grown uh, up through the ministry with this guy named Dawson Trotman, who founded the ministry. And Dawes was, he was telling this story one day about, he said he and Dawes were sitting by this lake up in Oakland right after World War, 
uh, towards the end of World War II, and he said, and, and Dawes asked him, he said, now, Johnny, after this conflict is over, what do you think you, uh, what do you, think you want to do with your life? And he said, well, Dawes, you know, I don't know. I think, you know, maybe I'd like to be, you know, like a, a youth minister. Maybe I'd like to be a youth minister. And he said, oh, Johnny, that's great. Oh, man, we need youth ministers. Yeah, well, work with kids, that's a great thing, you know. And so they were kind of sitting there talking for a while, and then he said, well, you know what, Dawes, you know, actually, I think what I'd like to do is be a pastor. And he said, oh, John, that'd be great. He said, now, let me tell you something, John. If you were to train up a guy and help him to really grow, you could train him up and he could become a youth minister and then you could be the pastor. He goes, yeah. And so they kind of sat there eating and going on and stuff for a while. And then Dawes talked to him for some more and, and John turned around and he said, Dawes, you know what I think I'd really like to be? And he goes, what's that? He said, a missionary. That's what I think I'd like to be, a missionary. He said, oh, you know, Johnny, that's great. He said, you know, Johnny, if you trained up two guys, one could be a youth minister and one could be a pastor and you could be a missionary. And he goes, yeah. And he kind of sat there and he said, and then all of a sudden Dawes sat up just like he thought of it for the first time. He said, you know, Johnny, if you never figure out what you want to be, if you'll just train up men, you can have a great life. And he said, I'm 78 years old. Never have figured out what I wanted to be. But I've had a great time training men. You know, well, this guy has been involved in ministry over the years, and he's been one of the guys that's really challenged me as well because what I began to figure out during that time, my time in college, was, you know what? I know full well what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to spend the rest of my life laboring in seeing people come to know Christ and seeing them understand this personal relationship they can have with him and then helping them also to understand how they can grow up in him and helping them to begin to understand the fellowship he wants to have with them and how they in turn can help other people to grow as well. And so God began to really do that in my heart and life and and he began to really um, impress that upon me. And one of the things that I began to notice was more and more that... that, um, lent itself towards college. I, I was like, I would be in business and, you know, school would be starting up and these other people going, school starting up. And I'm going, school starting up. You know, I mean, I would be excited about things and other people would talk about, oh, man, you're relating to students all day. And I'm thinking, you're relating to students all day. I mean, it was just, there was a total difference. I mean, um, any of you have ever seen the movie Patton? Where Patton, George C. Scott plays Patton and he walks out on this battlefield one day and he's into the war and he looks up and all these things are going on all around him. There's the, you know, the bombs bursting and these airplanes flying overhead and all this combat stuff. And Patton looks up and he goes, God, I love it. And I think, you know, that's how I feel every fall. Um, you know, I walk onto campus and I look around there and there's people running everywhere and people are going, where's this classroom? You know, and people are going, I want to change schedule. I'm transferring. And they're just running around all over the place. Where's financial aid? You know, and I'm looking around and I'm thinking, God, I love it. This is great. You know, I mean, it, it, is, um, it is the place that I feel like God has placed me where I can actually utilize um, all, of, all of the gifts and all of the um, abilities and skills that he's placed there within my life. Now, I also know this. You know, if things were to close up tomorrow and they were to say, you know, okay, we're not having universities anymore. We're doing this all by computer. I think, well, that's great. 
you know, honestly, I just get a job and keep doing exactly what I'm doing and helping people come to know Christ, helping them learn how to walk with him, helping them really learn how to reproduce their lives in the lives of other people. One of the things that began to happen as a result of that time in college was I began to think, you know, this needs to impact my decisions. And so as I was growing in the Word and I was growing in relationship with these guys, is this fading in and out? Is that just me? Possibly? Hello? Hello. Okay, maybe it's just me. Check me out there, buddy. All right, there we go. There we go. We'll try that. Technology. I often wondered, how did Jesus do this? Uh, <laughs> Peter, can you check the amp? Uh, so, uh, But uh, not really sure how that worked. But, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things I began to figure out. This needs to affect my decisions. This needs to affect everything I'm about. And so uh, one of the primary ways that came in was just like in, in looking around at, at gals. And I began to figure out, you know, if I'm, going to, um, if I'm going to be about making disciples, and this is what I'm going to be about, then I need to really, you know, be thinking about this in terms of, like, who I'm interested in. They need to be about the same thing because it doesn't work well if you're not. And so as I began to look at that, uh, I'd met Melinda, and, and she was dating someone else, but I was sure that uh, he wasn't the guy for her. And so, uh, and I said he wasn't even an athlete, but that's a whole other subject. So, uh, you know, I remember looking at that and thinking, you know, uh, musician, you're supposed to be playing while I play. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, but anyway, um, so he uh, uh, was over there, and so I met her, and one of the things I noticed was, you know, I began to think, you know, is this something that's on her heart? Because if it's not, then, you know, this isn't probably going to work. And so I just remember watching that. I'm kind of slow. It took about four years. And, and, but as I watched that over the course of time, one of the things I began to notice was that was the thing that really thrilled her heart as well. And that was really huge because over the years, you know, she's been the one who a lot of times had to really pay the price for us in ministry. As, um, as she just um, has had to sacrifice and do things so that we could accomplish the things God had for our life. And so that, that was huge. Well, anyway, we ended up, uh, fast forward, we, we did get married and are going on 30 next year. So, uh, so that's, been, uh, that's been a uh, major factor in my life as well. Over the last 30 years, I think the things that God has used to shape me during this time has probably been threefold. One has been our family. Um, it dawned on me a little while in that God was not just interested in um, spiritual children coming to know him, but he was interested in my kids coming to know him. He was interested in them being involved in the things of the kingdom. He was interested in them having a purpose that was greater than themselves and outside of themselves, and, and that when God gave the command to multiply, one of the things that was on his heart was, was this, not only this generational thing, there was a spiritual thing, but there was also the generational thing of raising up kids who really love him and who really walk with him. And God's given us some, uh, some fun times in doing that. Um, the kids have been a, a major source, um, the whole family, Melinda and the kids, have been a major source of really um, shaping me and shaping my heart. One of the things there, just learning to not take myself too seriously um, learning to take God seriously, but not take myself too seriously, because they don't. They are very unimpressed with me. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, 
I can come in, and, you know, and I will, you know, when I graduated from seminary, you know, you're graduating from seminary, and you're feeling like, yes, I have now graduated. They will be so impressed. And you, you walk in there, and you're going, son, today I graduate. He goes, are we going to the zoo? <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm thinking, just not impressed at all, you know, and what it's helped me to do is help me to learn, you know what, um, I am not, I am not the agenda I need to be about, I need to be about other things, and so my family has really helped shape me in that regard. Another thing has been the ministry on campus, um, just learning to um, invest in more than, um, I think I could ever be about learning to, to I mean, I, I see people every single day who are far more talented than I am, who are far sharper than I am, and who, who honestly God can use in far greater ways than he can me. But I have the opportunity to be able to invest in them and watch God work in and through their lives. And so that's been a huge thing. Um, early on, uh, it was kind of a, there was kind of some, uh, trying times in the ministry, and I, I remember that uh, Max, one of the guys that I told you about earlier, one day I was telling him, he asked me how things were going, I said, well, you know, I'm not sure they're that good, and I told him about some things that were happening, and he goes, well, it's more important what God knows than what people think, and I thought, that's true, that was my mantra for the next year, it's more important what God knows than what people think, and so I just started making sure that I made the goal of my life, to be pleasing to God and to really do what he wanted me to do with that day. And as I did, what I noticed was that, you know, things really began to uh, go well with the people as well. The third area that God has used there over the last uh, 30 years has been the church here. It's been relationships here that have really uh, encouraged my heart whenever it was um, feeling, you know, beaten up or down. It's been Relationships here that really uh, spurred me on to be uh, the person that God has, has called me to be, that's really uh, come and uh, stood alongside me and, and, and really been a, a major support. And a lot of the things that, that have gone on on campus or the things that have gone on in our family or anything else have, have largely been an outgrowth of, of the encouragement and the relationships here. So that's been, that's been a huge thing. Um, Two of the folks that God has really used in that regard over the years, one is a guy named Harold Bullock, and uh, many of you have had a chance to meet him. If you haven't, it's worth it just to hear him. Uh, so he, he's the kind of guy when he speaks, you know, you kind of think, oh, my gosh, it's you know, kind of like, you know, God. Uh, he, he just has this very deep voice. You know, he, he was speaking. I remember I got around him, and from Harold I began to learn you know, uh, some organizational things and, and looking at, at bigger picture things. He really began to stretch my uh, heart and my life in that regard. And then Randy, I think from Randy, you know, one of the things that, that is essential if you're going to uh, if you're going to do well in ministry are, are relationships and friendships uh, with folks. And uh, Randy has been one who has really modeled uh, friendship and has really modeled integrity for me over the years. And and I've really, you know, been able to watch him and observe him and, and, and see how he's chosen again and again and again to put the interest of others ahead of his own. So that's been one that's been a real challenge for me and it's been a, it's been a real motivating thing for me. As far as um, what I live for, um, I, I, I think this is true in some ways about all people, but it's really true about students. Um, 
I really live um, to see students come to know Christ in natural relationships and to um, to really um, grow up in Him and um, walk victoriously within biblical community and then learn to be encouraged and motivated to reproduce that life in the lives of other people all over the world. That's really why I get up in the morning. That's what I want to be about. I want to see people come to know him, and I want to see them really grow up. I want to see their futures different. I want to see their families different. I want to see their kids' kids' lives different. I want to see their kids' kids' lives different. You know, I mean, I want to see them all different as a result of the things that God and God alone can do in and through their lives. Um, as far as like the next few years, I think one of the things I'd love to see, I, I would love to see ministry started up on more campuses. I mean, in California, you know, one out of every seven college students that goes to college in the U.S. goes in California. You know, over two million college students in California. So what an opportunity to be able to reach the leaders of the generations to come. You know, it's just an amazing thing. The other thing is, I, you know, I'd really like to see my kids um, kids, and that's both physically and spiritually, see them pursuing the same mission, seeing them going on and getting after it uh, in knowing Christ and in making him known. And then, you know, I, I want to be one who uh, stays on course. I think that the way you stay on course is probably the way you get on course in the first place. It's through relationships and the Word of God. And so I want to do that, or I want to I want to be someone that... Um, on down the road is is still, um, you know, setting the pace still a little bit ahead of uh, at least, you know, one person in the pack and trying to, uh, you know, trying to be uh, on down the road there. I heard a man say one time, he said, you know, when, you're, when your memories outnumber your dreams, then your ministry is over. And I thought, hmm. And I've thought about that over the years, and I think, you know, uh, I've, I've had a lot of memories with uh, our ministry. I've had a lot of memories with this church, a lot of memories with our family, a lot, a lot of memories. But I think um, I still have a lot more dreams um, that I would like to see come to fruition, not only for the family, but for, uh, for the ministry of challenge and then for CIV as well. So that's what I live for. That's what, uh, that's what I'm about. And I hope that uh, in some way, uh, God can uh, can use uh, those things to help you to figure out a little bit more about, you know, what what are you here for? And what, what do you want to be about with the rest of your life? Let's take a minute and let's pray. Father, thank you for your uh, for your word that um, is very clear to us guides us.